I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on TogiNet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, people. Hello, 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 and happy day to you. It's another day that the Lord has blessed us to see. We, Chris and myself, are truly excited to be on the air with you another time, one more time. Every time is a blessing. Every time is exciting. I'm excited to be back with you. We are encouraged about the things that God is doing. Why? Because we know that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. Not your own purpose, not your own plans, not your five-year plan, your 10-year plan, you know, how when you go into business, you know, you have to put together a business plan and you have to map out what you, the steps that you're going to take and how you're going to do this in so many years and how you're going to do this in so many years. (laughs) Well, I'm here to tell you, That tomorrow is not promised to any of us. We could lay down tonight or not even lay down tonight. I mean, like in the next five minutes, we just don't know what awaits us. The recent shooting, perfect example. People went to school, went to college, expecting an everyday, normal day in college. And... Before the day was over, they met with fatality. They met with calamity. Some of them survived. Physically, they survived. Some of them were scarred emotionally, scarred physically, okay? Because we just do not know. We do not know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what the next few minutes Holds. So we know, though, as believers, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, that all things work together for good. For us, all things work together for our good. Okay? And to us that are called according to God's purpose, we have to see the bigger pe- picture, people. We have to know that um, the things that happen in this life are minute, that this is only the trial run, okay, that this is minor compared to eternity, regardless to how good it gets or feels or seems to us, and regardless to how bad it gets 
and how painful and difficult it becomes for us. Jesus Christ himself is a perfect example of that because if you look at his life, if you look at um, the price that he paid for us, for mankind to have salvation, um, even before he went to the cross, if you just look at his life, he spent his life giving, serving, um, being available to others, pouring into others, people that didn't always appreciate him, people that used him for what he brought to the table, used him for the gifts that he had of healing and doing the miraculous, used him for what they could get from him. Um, there was a there was a story about ten lepers that he healed, and only one commenced, remembered to turn around and come back and say, thank you, Lord, for healing me. The other nine continued on. They were happy and they just, just, they just took it for granted and just went on about their business. Um, the fact that he had no place to lay his head that was his own, to call his own, that he was here, he was there, he was wherever the need was. His life was one of sacrifice. His life was one of sacrifice. And then you think about the cross. You think about the price that he paid on the cross. Okay? But that is nothing compared to where he is right now, to the, to the, to the, to the victory and the joy that he lives in right now because he is seated at the right hand of the Father, which is where... When it's all said and done, that's where I want to be. <laughs> this life is not my home. I am not looking forward to staying here forever and ever and ever. I done went off on a tangent. And you know what? I want to I wanna say hi to my handsome husband. I want to pull him into this um, show tonight. If he's, I want to say, let me just stop myself and say, hey, handsome, are you there? Hey there, gorgeous. I'm here. All right. All right. I think I'm feeling a little bit fired up because I didn't have most of that plan to say. And I just started going. I hit the, I hit the, you know, what is it? The gun, the gun went off for the race. Bam. And I just started running. So before I get carried away, tell me, darling, anything on your mind tonight? Anything that you're fired up about? <laughs> um, there's a lot of different things that I'm, that's on my mind. Um, mainly it's spiritual warfare. I've just been, Lord has been dealing with me about spiritual warfare and things that we go through and how to see everything through spiritual eyes. And and the natural is the natural, but see what's behind it. And uh, mm -hmm. some people may feel that you know you're over spiritual when you do that, but I'm like this: we are natural beings, um, spirit beings in a natural body. And if we mm -hmm. don't see things in the spirit, then we're missing we're, we're missing the real deal. So I'm just um, sharpening my sword daily and just. Dealing with spiritual warfare, and that's exactly what you've been talking about so far in the show. So that's where I'm at. 
All right, then that that's that's always encouraging because that means that we're on the same page and we didn't even um, discuss that. <laughs> so that's encouraging because the Lord establishes his word in the mouth of two or three witnesses and people. You know, I am fired up. I'm fired up all of a sudden. Um, prop, I won't. I won't say all of a sudden. I, I spent time in the Word today. I spent time listening to some good teaching on TV and uh, spent time reading myself. And that char- recharges me. That does fire me up. And it does remind me of, you know, what's really and truly important in life. As Chris said, we are spiritual beings living in a natural body, but so many people behave as though they are just simply natural beings. And when this life is over with, nothing else matters. So they can do as they wilt. They just can do and live how they choose as though nothing else matters, as though there is no God, as though there is no Satan, no enemy, no evil in the true sense of the word, not in the concept of evil, but in the true sense of the word, as if as if there is no Lucifer who became Satan, as if there are no demons, as if there are no angels, as if there is not a war going on. And I'm here to tell you that we are in a war. We are in a war. Um, Chris's message uh, on Sunday, Chris, uh, you know, do you feel like expounding on some of your message? Because some of some of the thoughts came back to my mind today about the need for us to be focused, remain focused, the need for us to be good soldiers you know, to endure hardness as good soldiers. Do you want to comment on any of of, uh, of that before I get into other things? Well, with a quick a quick summary is um was would have to do with being willing to um to be a good soldier. You must uh, be willing to suffer. Suffer long because being a soldier means you're at war, and and you're going to suffer, and you're going to have painful training. You're going to um, you're going to have to be steadfast. You're going to go through, you know, you're going to go through ugly before you're going to go through good, and you have to you have to build up a resistance to 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 quitting, you know, and and in warfare and in spiritual warfare. It's going to always be the enemy attacking you from, from any way he can, even if it's your computer acting up, you know, when you're trying to do the Lord's work on the computer. You know, anything he can, he can attack, he will, you know. And so we have to see it for what it is, rebuke it, and keep pressing forward and, 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 and be able to go without the computer if you have to, but the word still goes forth. You know, the day is mm-hmm. coming where there won't be Bibles, and that's why he says we're supposed to be hidden in our heart. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, a, that's a part of being a warrior is is knowing what your leader 
says and thinks and, and, and knowing the way he thinks and knowing the way he does things, because if you're separated from him, you can still press on forward. You may have to be the commander, you know, and still and still get the people through. So um, my message was, was really about... It's time for a break in five seconds, honey. Being a good soldier, and that was... <laughs> We'll finish that after the break. <laughs> Has the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness, to create soldiers for the army of the Lord, and to impact our communities. We are home-based in Waldorf, Maryland. If you would like more information, you may email us at etsministriesinc at gmail.com or write to us at ETS Post Office Box 72, Waldorf, Maryland, 20602. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls and we can make information available to you by email. E-T-S. The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, physical abuse, abandonment, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived traumas such as molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may find themselves in Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of The Story of Me online at authorhouse.com, this show's host page, amazon.com, or any of the major bookstores. The story of me. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, people. I'm I'm on the air. I'm back on the air. And this is Chris. Talk crazy. This is Diane talking with Chris about spiritual warfare. And Chris, you were saying something about being a good soldier just before you went to the break, summing it up. Um, I was saying about how we have to persevere and go through hard times um, and, and know the word 
And uh, the first part of my message, I talked about dying to self so that we can be on the same agenda that God is on. Because mm-hmm. when we're on the flesh agenda, on our own agenda, we, um, we can't be on God's agenda at the same time because we're not walking in the spirit. We're walking in flesh. So when we die to ourselves and, and, and attach ourselves to him, and his ways, then we're following his ways, and we start. We learn to think like him, and 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 move in the direction that he would have us to do. So, it's all um, it's all part of spiritual training, spiritual, basically spiritual, basic training. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's pretty much in essence what our message was about. Mhm, mhm. You gave us some comparisons about boot camp and um. You know how when you first arrived in boot camp, you were pretty sure that you, some of the other people as well as yourself were thinking, oh, my goodness, what in the world did I get myself into? You know, because it was like, hey, this is the real deal now, you know, and you had to immediately start conforming to the military's ways. <laughs> Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, so it is in this walk. So it is in this walk. I mean, it's so many people profess to be Christians and profess to be believers of Christ, but they they make a confession with their mouth, but they do not change. You know, they do not. Be, God begins to confront them with the word. He begins to confront them with situations. He begins to try to shape and mold them. But they do not submit they, to him and they do not conform to his ways. But they continue to profess him. And they end up lacking power. They end up not being uh, having a victorious walk. Their witness, their testimony is weak. It's pitiful. They end up compromising. They have no backbone. They don't stand for anything. They become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. With that being said, I want to say that one of the most powerful weapons we have as believers, this is one one of the most powerful weapons I feel that we have as believers is remembering what God has done for us. If in fact you have sold out to, to Christ, if in fact you have had a true experience with him, then he has changed your life. He has brought you out of some bondage. He has brought you out of some you know, mess. And he has changed, he has made a change in your life. And if you remember where he brought you from and you continually, as often as you can share that story with others, that is powerful. That is powerful because the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb you know, by the Christ, that, the price that Christ paid for us on Calvary by shedding his blood and by the word of our testimony. That, people, is why I'm going to continue the blast from my past on tonight's program. 
<laughs> Last week, I started reading uh, from the story of me. Um, that is my very personal story of where God has brought me from, what he has done in my life. I hope that Chris will join in at any point and give his commentary um, if he has anything to say about what I share. Um, but before I do that, I, I, I was reflecting, too, not only on spiritual warfare, but I was thinking about the guest that we had on a few weeks back, and that was how Pastor Ramika White was talking about building an ark, uh, charging us, charging the men and women of God to build an ark and to restore government in God's house, to return to the foundation basically that he laid for the church. Um, I, I made notes about that as well as your message this past week because I think that they go hand in hand you know, in order to build an ark, we must be good soldiers. We must be willing to fight the good fight and um, follow orders. And um, I think, how did you put it? You said you must not only be able to um, listen to orders, I think it was, but follow them or something like that. And the Lord's orders to us right now in this season and in this hour is to build an ark, to reestablish a safety zone, to reestablish a place of safety. That's what Noah's Ark was all about. It was about providing a place of refuge and safety for those that God would spare, those that God would deliver. There are a lot of things going on right now. And there is going to be a people that need refuge and safety in the midst of all this chaos and, and craziness and the pain and suffering that's going to be coming upon us. And whether it is two or three people, whether you, whether you partner with two or three people, or whether you're in a company or a congregation of a hundred, whether it's in your home, whether it's people that you meet up with on your lunch break at work, you are going to need to stick together. You are going to need to come together and you are going to find safety in that community, in that community, in that communion. You're going to need to pray together. You're going to need to fast together. This past Sunday, um, Chris and I, we, it, where we were at, where we, where we were, at, we looked at the blood moon uh, in the sky and we didn't have a clear view of it. It kind of came in and out because it was cloudy and it didn't look red where we were at, but we did get to see it and we did get to see pictures of it. And uh, um, Pastor White, as a matter of fact, Remika White sent us a picture of, of how it looked where, where they were at and it was red. It was like serious red, like fiery red. And it was kind of amazing. And then over the next few days, I listened to people's opinions on TV. You know, I did some reading about people's commentary concerning it. And some of the commentary was contrary. Some of it was negative. Some of it was like, 
oh, it's, you know, foolish for people to be concerned about it. It's not that big of a deal. It's insignificant. And some people were scared because of it. And some people were confused because they didn't know what what it was all about. Some people were just, you know, fascinated by it from a scientific perspective. Okay. Some people don't know what to believe or think about it. You know, but I want to remind you that regardless to what you think or feel about it, that there is safety in God's house. I felt that it was significant. I I mean, the Bible clearly tells us to be aware of the seasons, the times and the seasons. You know, how anyone anyone who is a Christian or a believer can negate that is kind (laughs) of... Wow, that's kind of foolish to me. But, you know, because the Bible tells us to look up when you see these things, your redemption draws nigh. Not just the seasons in the heavens, but the other things that the Bible predicted would happen. The other things that Revelation talks about when we see these things that we are supposed to look up and expect the Lord's return. So I think it was significant, but I just want you to know that regardless to what you or I think about it, there is safety in God's house. There is safety in him. Okay. Join together, stay together, be encouraged, stay focused. God will take care of his own. That's what I want you to think about. As we get ready to go into our next segment, I will pick up reading from the story of me, my story. I am sipping a cup of tea as usual. Tonight I pulled out some apple, what is it? uh, Cinnamon, cinnamon apple, something. (laughs) It's some kind of tea with cinnamon and apple in it. (laughs) And uh, it's pretty good. So I'm inviting you to join me with your beverage. Make yourself comfortable. Get ready to hear. Okay. Get ready to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to you tonight. Okay, get ready, open your ears. Don't just hear with your mind, hear with your heart. Let's let's see if you can get on one accord with me, if you can get in tune with me. Okay. Um, yeah, before we go to break, well, it's break time. <laughs> Has the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. (laughs) A black nurse. 
This narrative is about the struggles of being a black woman and a black professional in a society bound with racial and gender bias. She has hopes, dreams, needs, a purpose, and aspirations, but faces constant opposition to fulfilling these basic human requirements. Like so many people of color before her, she achieves some measure of success, but her success is minor compared to what she must do to achieve it. It's time for a change. Get your copy today from AuthorHouse.com, this show's host page, or any major book retailer like Amazon.com. A black nurse. <laughs> I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, people. If you are joining us for the first time, we welcome you. We are glad to um, know that you are listening in keeping with our mission and our reason for being on this show and in light of the increase of sexual abuse that we are seeing and hearing about on the news for example, ISIS uh, just heard this again today. It's not the first time that I've heard it, but just heard it again today on a talk show, how ISIS is using its women captives as sex slaves for their soldiers. Uh, when the soldiers come off the field from fighting, this is what was said in the in the. Um, in the show, in the interview, that they have brothels, basically. They have, you know, sex quarters set up for them so that they can go in and um, the women there are ravaged over and over at these men's pleasure. How sadistic. <laughs> How sadistic. You think there's not evil? You think there's not an actual an actual evil, you know, in the person of demons, Satan, so forth and so on. Ah, yes, what man could do that on his own and feel nothing but one who has been possessed by something more vile than he, okay? Um, so that's one story, um, the women being used as sex slaves. Um, another example is the stories of discrimination. Also, I heard this today on another program, the discrimination that is, that is happening to individuals for disagreeing 
just simply disagreeing, for not having the same opinion, for not being willing to voice an agreeable opinion about same-sex activity, about men and women being together sexually, about, I'm sorry, men and men, did I say men and women? I hope not. Men and men being together sexually. People, chaplains, military personnel, young and old. One of the stories was about a 70-something-year-old woman who is now facing the same kind of persecution as the couple that got in trouble because they didn't want to make a wedding cake. Um, I with, you know, with a topper and everything expressing same-sex, uh, a, a same-sex union. This couple was going to attempt to marry. And as I've said before, I don't care what people say and what they think and what they do. There's no such thing as, as same-sex marriage. God is the institutor of marriage. He created the institution of marriage. He will never sanction that. You can believe a lie if you want to and be damned, the Bible says. So I ain't going to get off on that. But anyway, people being discriminated right here in the U.S., being court-martialed, being fired, being um, their businesses bankrupt, story after story of this happening to people because of sexual immorality. So our mission is to reveal the truth about how ugly sexual abuses, sexual abuse, same thing as sexual immorality, okay? Sexual abuse is immoral, okay? If you sow to the flesh, in other words, if you lean to your flesh, if you do things according to your flesh, if you feed the desires of your flesh, of the flesh, you will reap corruption. That's Bible. That's Bible. It's a fact. It's a given. If you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. It trips me out that people that are advancing this agenda are not talking about the disease. They are not talking about the um, changes that take place in one's body, the physical problems, the medical problems that people that are involved in this lifestyle end up facing and dealing with. They are not talking about the suicide rate. They are not talking about the depression. They are not talking about how dysfunctional it makes the individual, their family. They are not talking about the negative impact and why people would push this agenda knowing those things and push it anyway is purely satanic. It's purely satanic. The Bible says that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. There's something in it for them. They think, they believe, but I assure you it is temporary. It is temporal and it is temporary. It pertains only to this earth and it only pertains to the here and now. 
but in the sweet by and by, or for some people I should say, in eternal, in eternal hell and damnation, it ain't gonna be pretty. Okay? <sighs> Sexual abuse is corrosive. It corrodes. It is like a cancer that slowly eats away at the very fabric of a society, of the individual. That individual affects their home. Their home affects the neighborhood. The neighborhood affects the community, so forth and so on. It eats away like a cancer, okay? Before Ebola, before the Ebola plague hit, the Lord told me he was going to send another plague. I don't remember exactly how long it was before when he told me that before it happened, but I do remember another relative and another sister in the Lord calling me up and asking me, um, once Ebola hit, she asked me, what do you think about what's going on with Ebola? And I remembered at that moment, well, you know, I said, the Lord actually told me not too long ago that he was going to be sending another plague. Pick up your Bible, people. Read how that when people fell into sin, when people, you know, re refused to retain God, when they when they basically decided to go whoring, as, as God calls it, and that's not just sexual whoring, that is also worshiping idols, worshiping other things other than him. There's a way to, that you can be a whore spiritually, and there's a way that you can be a whore physically. And when people insist on whoring and being whoremongers, <laughs> God turns them over to themselves. He turns them over to the forces of evil that even, you know, entice them to do these things. And with that comes more agony, pain, and suffering, such as plagues. HIV, okay, people are getting a handle, if you will, on HIV. You know, they're coming up with ways to treat it and to, ex you know, extend one's lifestyle. So they're thinking that, okay, like like with the, with the Tower of Babel, they're thinking like, we've got this licked and, you know, we can rationalize it. It has nothing to do with uh, the stigma. I mean, they try to take away the stigma of how it really, really ran rampant through the homosexual, the Bible calls it perverse, so I'm not even going to say homosexual, perverse lifestyle, which is twisted, confused, against nature. The Bible calls it such, you know, but they have, oh, we, we've licked this thing. So let's get rid of that stigma so that people will be encouraged to continue. And well, guess what? That don't mean something else ain't coming. <laughs> Excuse my Ebonics. That doesn't mean that something else isn't on the horizon. Okay? That's exactly what's on the horizon. That's exactly what's on the horizon. More unrest, more plagues, more calamity. 
more misery until until the people that are involved in such come to their knees and understand and realize that what they're doing is against God. Today, while I was preparing for this, today while I was writing, I was um, just writing and the, and the Lord just began to impress in my spirit that a plague greater than Ebola is not coming, but is here. A plague greater than Ebola was, is upon us. It is here. It is in our faces right now. Hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. Listen with your heart, not with your logic. Okay? Hear what I'm saying. The plague of apostasy. Hmm. When souls would rather believe a lie, when people would rather believe a lie than receive the truth, that is worse than any physical plague. Physical plagues, as you see, you know, over time they seem to come up with an immunization, a shot, you know, something to prevent it, TB, uh, Fevers, you know, what, what was it back in the day? Smallpox and all, you know, over time, people keep on trying. They come up with something to combat it. Oh, but apostasy, when people fall away from the truth, when people fall away and they no longer want to hear the word of God, this is a cancer. This is a serious cancer. Why? Because this cancer can destroy not, destroy not only the body, but it can destroy the soul. It can destroy not only a nation, you know, cause a nation to fall, but it can destroy the souls of that nation and separate them eternally from their father, from the father who should be their father, <laughs> and that is God. the tragic past shattered your future or your now don't let it this is i'm not the woman i used to be i'm free with minister diane jones and we'll be right back after these millions of people are sexually abused each and every day not just by rape child molesters or pedophiles but by choice and through lifestyle preferences who would enjoy being raped again and again? Why is rape spiritual as well as physical? Can a sex offender be healed from abusing others? Find answers to these and other questions in the pages of Overcoming Sexual Abuse by Minister Diane Jones. Available online at authorhouse.com. This show's host page Amazon.com and any major bookstore overcoming sexual abuse. This is the Tokinet Radio Network. Radio with 
with a cutting edge. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep at the topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, Trisha Goyer, that's G-O-Y-E-R dot com. Trisha's vision is to be a voice of hope and possibility for teenage girls, pregnant teens, mothers, and wives. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living to do? Yes. Start Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on DougieNet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com, the show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal, it's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. All right, people, I'm back. This is Diane this is the last segment of the hour. I did promise you that I would do some reading from my book. So let me just wrap up the last thought that I was working on before the break. We were talking about spiritual warfare. We were talking about who our enemy is, being a good soldier, how to war and fight against our enemy. Um, and then I started talking about the cancer of apostasy. Um, the cancer of believing a lie, you know, when it comes to sexual abuse, when it comes to sexual immorality, no, this is not the only sin. I don't want to leave you with that impression. No, this is not the only sin that there is, but that's one of the things that we deal with on this program. So when it comes to believing a lie, instead of hearing the truth, that sexual immorality will destroy you, will, will consume you and will destroy a nation. When it comes to that, you know, you may ask yourself, what is the truth? What is the truth? Well, the truth is, is that when mankind, when man burns within you know, how do I say that? When mankind burn in their lust for one another, you know, when man desires a man and lies with a man, when woman gives up the natural affection for a man and desires a woman, they become reprobate. Reprobate. In other words, their conscience becomes seared. The Bible says with a hot iron, their conscience becomes seared and they can no longer reason. They have no conscience. They lose that ability. Okay. What causes this? Rebelling. 
when you hear the truth and you continue to push over it, when you hear the truth and you rebel against it, that's what causes the reprobate mindset to, to set in. Don't be deceived, people, by the things that you see and hear. Don't, don't be deceived. Don't become so sympathetic and so compassionate because someone in your family is struggling with this. Um, the blind can't lead the blind. You know, getting on the same page with them is not going to help them. And it's not going to help you. Don't become so sympathetic that it warps your conscious. Someone tuned in tonight that probably hasn't listened to me before and you needed to hear those words. You needed to hear it straight. You wanted to hear it straight. So I gave it to you straight. All right. So now let me continue doing uh, some reading before I run out of time. <laughs> if you need to talk to me, if you want to talk to somebody, if you want to email me, my email is etsministries at gmail.com. Send me an email. Okay. If you need to call me, the number here is 866-404-6519. Page 31. To those of you who have experienced any kind of sexual abuse, I can say that you, I'm sorry, I can say to you that I know how you feel. I can say I know how you feel because I have been there. I have walked in your shoes and felt the pain of such betrayal. I know how something like this robs you of your personality, robs you of security, and simply robs you of everything. I have to add, if you let it. <laughs> I will, however, soon begin to tell the story of how God slowly but surely began and is still giving everything back to me that the devil stripped from me. Page 33, The Shelter. Somehow things progressed until we ended up in a children's shelter. The first time we went, it was for a few days. Daddy went to jail, but he got out and he came to get us. We were not happy to see him. The next time, he must have done something worse because they put us in the shelter and we stayed for a longer period. Believe it or not, I believe this was the beginning of the hand of God intervening in our messed up situation. The shelter was actually a place of refuge. Hmm, makes me think about that art that I was talking about. We each had our own bed. There were girls' rooms and boys' rooms. We made friends. We ate good food. 
that was the first time I had fried liver. <laughs> it was sautéed in onions. It wasn't bad. The people were actually nice to us. We went on outings, we played pool, and we listened to music. I don't want to paint the picture that all was well and that the pain was over, but it was better than being at home. When I said we made friends, I should have said some of us made friends. I don't remember having any particular friends. I kept to myself a lot. As I was reading this earlier today, um, I did, my mind did go back to remembering that there was one older guy there. His name kept, came back to me, which I won't say on the air, but, and I remember just sitting and not necessarily talking, but liking to be near him. He seemed, it seemed like he was like, I don't know, maybe an older brother or just, I don't know how to, how to put it into words, but I, I did have a memory of uh, him and his younger brother who was more of a firecracker. He was more of the, you know, the personality and he was always getting in trouble and stuff. But anyway, <laughs> after some time, we left the shelter. We were placed in the home of family members. The oldest two, my brother and I, went to my grandparents' home. The next two went to a great aunt's home. The youngest somehow stayed with my mom. This period of time did not seem significant to me. I don't remember much involvement or supervision on the part of my grandparents. We had a lot of freedom. I acted out at times. I had a few fights for stupid reasons mostly because other people said, she said this about you. You know, the he say, she say thing. I cut school a few times. I remember, and this is me, I living here, that I just started getting in trouble for no apparent reason. <laughs> to me, anyway, it didn't seem apparent to me. I just started getting in trouble and I didn't care about getting in trouble. I wanted to get in trouble. I mean, my personality totally changed. Totally changed. I just wanted to be daresome. I wanted to start being, you know, more, um, at that time, we didn't call it being thuggy. We called it like, or gangster or anything like that. I just wanted to be more of a rebel. Um, and that, to me, is a telltale sign of abuse. When a child has been abused, when a, even when a toddler has been abused, it changes their personality. Many times they become more defiant, or they become more withdrawn, or they become more um, uh, aggressive. Back to the book. We were permitted to go to parties, not birthday parties, but house parties. I tried weed. I got drunk one major time. That one time was enough for me. I was so embarrassed when my friend and my young aunt told me what I had done that I told myself 
I never want to be in a situation where I was out of control again. I had the worst hangover and I was so sick. I remember being on the bathroom floor, just like going for it, just vomiting and just being oh so, so miserable. <laughs> and I also remember feeling troubled by the fact that my grandmother didn't even know what was wrong with me. My grandmother had no idea what my problem was. I was a loner at times and I was a follower at times. Because I was also quiet, I was not good at expressing myself. My behavior was misunderstood. Hmm. Sound familiar? The most significant events that I remember from this period are that our house caught on fire and I experimented with a few boys. Became promiscuous. My grandparents apparently felt that I was a problem, so they sent me to stay with some other relatives. That time continued to seem insignificant to me. That's all for tonight. We will continue next week. All right. Good night. <laughs>